1: Well, how we doing tonight? IB Nation Sports Talk is up and running, along with the one, the only Vince DiDario, back from a night of soccer last night. Yes, I'm sir. John Stiers. how are you?
2: Fantastic! It was one of the most boring games I've ever watched, so that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, but it wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be, so that's a bonus. So that is a bonus.
1: That is a bonus. You And you look a little better now than you did yes. last night when I was talking to you. So. I
2: feel a thousand times better than I uh, was yesterday. So, you know, things are good. Kept the spectacles on. You know, I'm going to go a couple days without the contacts. I think uh, that's probably a smart way to go at this point. But uh, <laughs> other than that, ready to rock and roll. So awesome. Uh, awesome. excited Excited about we actually have breaking news to talk about, which is Man, different. I, tell you. I mean, I, tell you I what. was not expecting that i know i don't think
1: i don't know that too many people were expecting (laughs) it to be quite honest yeah um i'm having some some electronic technological difficulty here and i just realized that i've got some audio that i'm gonna need to drop in here in a minute but um i tell you what can you kind of vamp for about two minutes, I need to run and grab something real quick. Okay? I got you. Yeah, it's a little awkward, but it's okay. I, know I, I, I trust so, you. So,
2: <laughs> you want me to talk about the breaking news? You want me to go that route?
1: Um, or
2: what do you want me to say, brother? I'll, I'll go wherever. I
1: tell you what. Let me do this. Let me do this. Because I've heard the soundbite already. I doubt that you have. So I have not. No. Let me see. Let me. I'll go ahead and get a queued up. Okay, Jared. Well. A couple of different things. Okay, Jared Lloyd, who covers BYU for the Daily Herald in Provo, is going to join us later in the show after Rapid Fire. So we've got that coming up in a little bit. But we do have the Jacob Lacey news today. So we're going right. to go ahead and talk about that first. Like I said, let me go ahead and play this, uh, this soundbite of okay. Marcus Freeman talking about it uh, earlier today. Marcus Freeman was asked about it, and his first answer was, relatively brief. And so I kind of combined it with the second when he was asked, okay, so what happens in terms of, you know, who's gonna kind of fill that void and you know, gotcha. could, could other guys see playing time increased and stuff like that. So it's kind of doubled up here. It'll go back to back and I'll, uh, nice. I'll hit you with that right now.
3: Part of the team, um, he'll look to transfer uh, probably at the end of the season after the semester's over. I think you'll see um, Chris Smith playing a little bit more, who, who, again, it's just a position that's extremely deep and the deepest tackle position right now is, is, is one of the deepest positions we have on our team. And so Chris Smith will play a little bit more, um, but you'll see a guy like Gabe Rubio playing more, um, you know, Jason Anye will now probably move from scout team. He's moved from scout team to, you know, getting reps with the, the defense. And so um, again, you, Lacey was a, a a great player. You know, Lacey did a lot of great things for us. But it's a deep position, and and um, he made a decision um, that ultimately he felt was best for him. And, and we respect it. We love Jacob, and you know the best thing about it is he leaves here with a degree in his hand. And, and that's what I want for these young men: is that if you decide to leave in 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 hopes of going somewhere and playing more, don't 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 waste this opportunity to earn a degree from this university. And so he did that, but. You know, Again, you'll see Chris Smith play more. You'll see uh, uh, Gabe Rubio for sure. Both of those two play a lot more.
4: I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee,
3: especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker.
4: But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee, and I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection. The rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: So, Vince, there's Marcus Freeman. You heard him talk about it. You know, I think this took a lot of people, caught a lot of people off guard today I know there were a couple people kind of you know who who sniffed this out and obviously the question was asked at the at the press conference but I think in general a lot of people are really surprised by this so I'll start with your reaction
2: I was shocked frankly I got a text that this was occurring and that he was planning on transferring at the end of the year obviously based on what Marcus Freeman said but and I'm speculating uh you know as far as anything goes here I don't have any inside information but it felt like this was a decision that was made fairly recently. This wasn't something that, to my knowledge, was you know broke earlier You know, by the media or that the media had any idea that it was going to happen. Maybe some people had an inkling that it was going to take place, but this is the opportunity, this is the time for these things to take place before Game 5 goes on because Jacob Lacey played in four games. He can use this as his redshirt year. And so he basically gets this year all over again. And he, so he has two years of eligibility remaining because he's played for four years, but you got the COVID year and now he can redshirt. And this was his fourth year, which is why he's a senior is why he has a degree, which is fantastic. You know, I give him credit for that. He's going to walk out of here with a degree from Notre Dame, which is awesome. But yeah, I mean, he's going to, this was the time to make this decision. If that's the decision that he wants to make because of the, of the, of the four game, situation so it it is going to be I was I was surprised because of what he was able to do up to this point but then when you break it down and I read Brian's article on uh, irishbreakdown.com you know his snaps have gone down every game and there's obviously a reason for that but Marcus Freeman is 100% accurate that this is a very deep position so he's going I mean there's obviously going to be some guys that are going to have an opportunity to play that did not have an opportunity to play before. Jason Onye is, is one of those guys. He moves from the scout team to the varsity. And so he's going to get an opportunity to play potentially. But Gabe Rubio, who we all like uh, and we all think can be a really good player, is going to get a great opportunity this year. So it opens up an opportunity for other guys. I really liked what Jacob Lacy brought to the table. It surprises me that he's leaving. But if that's what he wants to do, if that's what he feels is best for him, You know, then so be it.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, you bring up Rubio and when you look at the snap counts and kind of the way the snap counts have gone, like if you look specifically, he had, he played 29 snaps in the season opener against Ohio state. And that goes to 24 against Cal. So still relatively high in those two games, but then it drops all the way down to 11 snaps. Uh, well, I guess now I, those games were were flipped around. I kind of had them out of order, you know, you know when I when I wrote them down. But so it did go 29 against Ohio State, 11 against Marshall, then it rises to 24 against Cal and then it falls uh to 9 snaps against North Carolina. And it, like you you mentioned Gabe Rubio and he's someone who we've started to see more of the last couple games. And you yeah. kind of wonder with the snap counts going where it is you know like one is it a you know an opponent to opponent type thing you know is that kind of how they were looking at it or is it just simply a matter of is Gabe Rubio starting to play better and are you know are they from what they're right. seeing in, in practice and in games do they feel like they're getting more out of Gabe Rubio than they were from Jacob Lacey despite the fact that he had that awesome game against Cal you know right. with a couple of sacks and and five tackles that and you know again like when you look at all the snap counts that's the only game regardless of how much he played against Ohio State you know that's the only game where he's got even a tackle this season was that one game where he had the monster game against Cal
2: yeah and and it was obviously it was great to see him have that monster game and and we all kind of were excited about where he could go and, and all of that and you know I hate when players leave in the middle of the season, you know, and if that is what their family thought was the best thing for them, then I guess that that this is the time to do it. So again, you preserve this year's eligibility, but the writing, like you said, it must've been on the wall. I mean, that Gabe Rubio was going to be taking some of those snaps. And right if that was going to be the case, I'm sure he went and talked to his position coach. I'm sure he talked to Marcus Freeman, like, Hey, is this how this is going to go? You know, is this what the rest of the season is going to look like? You know, what what does that look like for me? And I'm, he probably didn't get the answers that he was looking for. I mean, I know, I know Brian's reaching out to the family and things like that, and so maybe he'll have a little bit more information, you know, than than we have currently. But it really just feels like a play time, a playing time situation. Well, and it's it's tough. That's tough. Yeah, because the it.
1: other thing, you know, like speaking of. Rubio, it was Howard Cross at the top of the depth chart once again, as he has been all season and Rubio coming into the week was listed as the number two defensive tackle. So again, you're talking about a senior who feels, who probably, you know, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but probably feels like, Hey, I've put in my time sure. and kind of the way this program, you know, has run. It's like, I put in my time. I'm a senior. I showed against Cal that I can do something. You know, I, I showed that I'm a pretty good defensive tackle, myself and now all of a sudden a couple of games later sure boom Gabe Rubio is is listed as the number two defensive tackle so it's you know it's got to be tough for him I'm sure, sure. And, and I get that feels yeah yeah
2: and, feels and like, I'm go ahead sorry No, you go ahead <laughs> I was just gonna say I mean I'm sure one of the things that he wanted to get accomplished while he was at Notre Dame is to get a degree check like uh, he got, got that. that done yeah. and once you get your degree if you're looking for a place to have more playing time, then you know what? God bless you. Go go wherever you need to to get playing time. I, I don't really have an issue with that. I mean, the number one goal, and maybe this is more like a dad talking, but the number one goal is to get your degree. And if football is an avenue to get your degree, then so be it. Now, go chase that playing time. And I have no problem with that. If If that is why he's leaving, and playing time was going to be numbered for him moving forward and he felt like this was an opportunity for him to get more playing time at maybe a smaller school or whatever then you know what go for it thanks for what you put into the program
1: yeah
2: and you know I hope you have all the luck in the world except if you ever play Notre Dame you know that kind of a thing
1: and just From what I've heard in the last couple of minutes, there there is some confirmation that it it basically just boils down to playing time. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, I know there were some people kind of scratching their heads at the timing of this because you're already into the season and all that. But by making this decision now, he's only played four games. You can play four games and preserve your red shirt. So by doing this now, you know, it sucks that he's walking away from his team, especially in his senior year. Now, the silver lining being what you already said. He does have his degree or he will have his degree sure. when he leaves here at the semester for sure anyway. But he'll walk out of Notre Dame with a degree. And because of the COVID year and the fa- fact that he's also preserving this year of eligibility by only playing in four games, that means he'll have two seasons of ele- eligibility when he winds up wherever he ends up down the road.
2: So, Yeah, right. And, I, you know, we have confirmation that it was – Pretty much about playing time, which, right. which, again, I understand it. I get it, and he wasn't getting the answers that he wanted when it comes to playing time, and so he wanted to leave, and he wanted to leave with two years left, and I get that because it's very hard to make a mark going to a program and only having one year. Having two years is an opportunity for him to really make a mark someplace, and so yeah, and, that, you know wherever that happens to be, then great.
1: Yeah, just like Brian is saying – in the chat here, he got his degree, wants to play to showcase his talent to the NFL. And that's, I mean, all these guys want to play in the NFL, or A vast right. majority of them. sure. You know, and by having two years remaining to be a full-time starter wherever it happens to be, we all know that you don't have to go through Notre Dames and Alabamas and Clemson to get to the NFL. There are plenty of guys you know, who aren't playing at, at those kind of schools who star in the NFL. All you've got to do is have the opportunity to go out, be a full-time starter, And show what you can do, and by having two years left as opposed to to just one, you know, being being a part time player at Notre Dame and then going someplace for a full year, it's you know, it's a big difference.
2: Absolutely, and that's the you know, again, he's going to have two years, so that's fantastic for him. And it's awkward leaving after four games. I get that, but there are a ton of guys that were in a Notre Dame uniform at one point that are now playing for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way that it goes, especially with the new transfer rule. You know he can leave right away, be eligible next August, and be ready to roll. And he doesn't have to sit out. And he get this. It basically this year never happened. Whoosh, this year never happened for him, right? And so he gets to you know, and he gets the COVID year. So you know, again, he got his degree from Notre Dame. That's got to be priority number one. At least it would be if I was his parents. And now he gets to go like like Brian J. Irish said, showcase his talents for the NFL. And you can do that pretty much playing for any school. Yeah. You know, with, with technology the way it is right now, there's film for everybody everywhere. Doesn't matter where he goes, if he shows the talent, if he flashes the talent, then he'll get his opportunity.
1: Well, and I mean he's got some good film from that Cal game. Absolutely. You know, so. no doubt.
2: Absolutely correct. Maybe
1: he goes out to Cal and plays for a couple years at Cal. They know what he can do. Yeah. So.
2: Well, there's there's a solid point. And <laughs> yeah. you know what? They got a pretty decent defense, so he'd fit in all yeah. right over there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, good luck to him. You know, again, it stinks. But, again, the upside is there is a lot of depth there. And that's part of what is causing this, you know, decision for him. And then you've also got – and I kind of went back and watched some of the North Carolina stuff. It was like, you know, Riley Mills has played inside and outside. He's playing more over, you know, on the the other defensive tackle side. You know, not the The nose guard side. Yeah, the three technique more, you know, whereas you've got – you had like, like Mills and Howard Cross in there right. at the same time, for example. So you've still got that nose, but you also still have Rubio. And as Marcus Freeman said, you've still got Chris Smith. And now Jason Onye uh, moving from the the scout team right. up you know, to the regular team this week because of this as well.
2: Yep, absolutely. So again, it's going to give other guys an opportunity to kind of do their thing, which I think is great. I mean, and, and somebody mentioned it. Uh, Salty Virginia Peanuts, and I don't know if you put this up here while we were talking, but he says if Freeman elevates recruiting across the board, many upperclassmen will be displaced by underclassmen soon, and he needs a plan. Could happen. Lacey looks pretty good, degree plus a red shirt. So he's absolutely right. I mean, on both of those counts. The recruiting has been up across the board, and if that's the case and you want to get young guys on the field, then that's what's going to happen, and you're right. Lacey does look good to other schools because he has his degree already, so you don't have to worry about – transfer credits and all that other stuff that that doesn't even matter and so he's just going to be able to come in right away and help your team i mean he can
1: basically come in and take what a couple survey classes and not even have to worry about class for the next two years underwater (laughs) basket
2: weaving ballroom dancing you know so he'll fit in great usc if he goes (laughs) over there
1: that's exactly right yeah you 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 laugh but you joke but who knows (laughs) was not that what matt leiner was taking wasn't he taking ballroom
2: dancing and some other stuff yeah he was
1: yeah Yeah, he was (laughs) but you know and but you make a good point as well about you know the fact that you can pack up and go play to right play right away you don't have to sit for a year either so it just makes this kind of decision all the much that much easier
2: right and that's and that's the system that we're operating under now you know what i mean and you think you start the season, you're good to go with your roster, and then middle of the season, bye bye not getting enough playing time. So, I mean, you constantly have to be aware now of guys leaving and keeping everybody happy and, you know, all lovey-dovey kumbaya. Everybody's happy. Everybody's getting playing time. And sometimes that's not possible to do. And right. then things like this happen. So, But I also
1: think that the important <clears throat> thing to remember is, you know, because, like, when transfers happen – Fans and media, we're pretty much focused on, you know, the team we're a fan of or the team we cover. Sure. But this stuff is going on everywhere. Oh, Everyone's absolutely. dealing with this kind of stuff. Now it yep. might not all be, you know, a month into the season, but yeah, I mean, think about uh, Clemson and Kelly Bryant a few years back when he was displaced by Trevor Lawrence. Exact same thing happened there. Where you know, he had, absolutely. He, he had his eligibility still. Trevor Lawrence took over when Trevor was a freshman and Bryant you know left mid-season yeah so that he maintained his eligibility and he could go play someplace else and have that full year still
2: yeah didn't he go to did he go to Missouri is that what's sticking out in my head I can't remember it seemed like a smaller school for some okay reason. I couldn't remember but, where he went but it, regardless it was the same exact situation he preserved his red shirt because yeah. it was less than four uh less than four games right and you know there it is so yeah it's um yeah, I mean, look. Good luck to him. I hope he does really well. I just hope he doesn't do well if he ever has to play Notre Dame. If people are saying <laughs> he can right. go to USC because their depth is paper thin, not wrong about that. You know, their depth is paper thin. But uh, I, I, I get nervous when he, you know, people go to places that play Notre Dame. You, you never want to see that. But hey, I was right. Well, is we Tyler... have some disagreement. With Tyler saying, Uh-oh. Tyler's
1: saying there, and Brandon saying Arkansas, Mizzou. Yeah, Mizzou sounds. More familiar than, uh, yeah, I think it was Missouri as well. I think you're right about that. But you you really didn't hear that much.
2: No, no, you didn't. No, we haven't heard much from Missouri, period. But, yeah. yeah.
1: Again, we've got a
2: lot in this show today
1: with the BYU reporter coming up. But I wanted to ask you before we start rapid fire, as Notre Dame comes out of this bye week now with Jacob Lacey now gone and him not necessarily factoring into this, but two and two. By week BYU of course Shamrock series this weekend who most needs to raise their game now for the Irish as as we get set for this what's going to be a stretch drive of eight consecutive weeks of football for Notre Dame
2: you know that's a that's a really good question I mean I think there's multiple answers to this question obviously I, I want to see Drew Pine you know raise his game I think that there's more that the offense can accomplish with him behind center but you know, he needs to play better and he needs to him, him, he and and Tommy Reese need to be, you know, together on this and they need to slowly open the playbook and, and, and continue to advance the offense. Right. And look, he's doing a great job with what he's being asked to do. Tommy needs to ask more of him. Right. And when that happens, Drew needs to meet the challenge. And so he needs to play better. Right. He needs to meet that challenge. So that would be the first one that I could think of. And I I would say the linebacking core as a whole needs to raise their game. I think the secondary is playing pretty darn good football. I think the front is playing pretty darn good football. They need that second level to really step up their game. And if that means playing some different guys, then so be it, right? I, I think, you know, they're basically down to two linebacking spots. The third one's kind of been taking out a little bit, right? And so somebody needs to step up so that linebacking core can make that defense go from pretty darn good to really good slash elite. Yeah. And they're a linebacking core away from that. And I I think they've got the talent on the roster, but they need to, they need to get there. So I'll say Drew Pine, I'll say linebacking core. And I'll also say Tommy Reese. I I think he needs to step up as well. So that's where I'm at. I
1: would agree. I would agree. And it's funny because, you know, Tommy spoke with the media after practice the other day and, and uh, we posted uh the notebook with some of his comments yeah, where of course he's that, talking about the way i was gonna say i think a lot of people read that because no. when tobias merriweather is in the, <laughs> the headline uh-huh. the news flash, people click yes so, sir um yes and people were not very excited about some of the comments that tommy reese had about tobias yeah. merriweather and i can't say as i blame him you know because we're still right. waiting for that of uh, you know and like you know, I don't know how many different directions we can go with that, but I, you know, I, if 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 that guy's not going to be on the field, then you're right. Tommy has got to compensate for it someplace, and right. we definitely need to see a continued evolution from him as well as the other receivers as well. Because as Ed three says, it's all about getting yeah. the passing game working, and I agree with that. And I think to an extent, it's also. I'm not saying you're going to overlook any opponent, but Every opponent from now up until November 5th, I think that's what it is, right? Clemson, November 5th. Yeah, it's for early November, yeah. It's like you, this. this, Every game is an opportunity to get better. You're not going to beat Clemson with the receiving right. core that you've got right now, not Absolutely. playing the way that they're playing. Right. Anyway. So if you have opportunities to get Tobias Merriweather on the field, and get him some experience and see, you know, if, if you can, if you can make him a factor to some extent in the passing game, I think you've got to look for those opportunities yes. to do that but we haven't necessarily well, seen that be the approach so far.
2: And it was funny because in your article that I read, he, you know, Tommy Reese talked about the fact they had things that they had things in the playbook that are targeted for Tobias, but they, you know, with the game flow, you know, they never got into it. The game right. flow. What, what are you talking about? You completely dominated the North Carolina game. You pretty much dominated the majority of the Cal game. We'll, let's say, We can even say second half. So in six quarters, You couldn't figure out how to get the little package or whatever that you had for Tobias into the mix. Like, I I don't know. That that seemed like, you know, if
1: Carolina doesn't hit, you know, that last big pass. That's true. Like, you know, do we see some of those guys? Does he see the field? Who knows? You know, it didn't happen, but yeah, because it ended up being close. But I would, I completely agree. To me, it's all about, you know, we're seeing. Good strides in terms of the offensive line. Drew Pine has at least played solid. There's definitely another level for him to go to, though. Absolutely. But this receiving game, specifically downfield, has got to find another gear because you can't just sit on all the short stuff if you're going to beat Clemson and/or yeah. USC.
2: Because yeah. they they have good enough defense to you know make you pay for that essentially, right? They right. have a good enough defense to make you pay, so you've got to be more multiple. You know, with your offense, you have to be, and you know, a lot of the stuff that they were doing offensively was extensions of the run game because it was just making it wider and getting the ball outside. It was extensions of the run game. You know, they they just need to do a better job, and they they're going to need to push the ball down the field. And and how we have been saying that for so long, and I realize we got to get to the next thing. But man, how about the the semifinal game against Clemson, right? Yeah, Benson just loaded the box because they're like, yep. go ahead, throw deep on us. And we they couldn't do it or couldn't right. or wouldn't. One of the two couldn't do it. And, you know, that was a lot closer game than people think that it was because, you know, when love went out, et cetera, et cetera. We can talk about that a million times. But the defense was playing well. I mean, they had Trevor Lawrence on his heels, but he made big plays when it counted, right? The offense couldn't move the ball. They could not move the ball because they refused to throw the ball down the field. They just tried to run the ball just right into the teeth of that defense. Yep. And it was like banging your head against the wall, right? Same result. So, you know, you're going to get that exact same result if that's what you do. Now, Clemson's offense is not the offense from 2019. You know, there's other mitigating factors, but the defense is still pretty darn good. And you can't just go in there banging your head against the wall against a team like Clemson. So you've got all these games, you know, leading up to November 5th, where you better get it right offensively. Yep. I agree. I
1: agree. Yeah. So, yeah. To me, it's receivers on offense, and just like you said, it's linebackers on defense. Someone's someone's got to step up. And you know, again, we saw. You know, we saw some improvement against North Carolina. How complicated the North Carolina scheme is. Sure. I don't know. And like I said, I'm a little concerned about some of the, you know, kind of counter type action that BYU can throw at these linebackers. And are they are they going to be disciplined enough to keep that backside contained? Set the you know all those different things like that you know so it, we don't want to see one step up and two steps back they've got to keep continuing absolutely. to make progress as this season and goes along and you're going to be without jd bertrand for a half again as well
2: yeah, absolutely and derek makes a great point the 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 weakness of clemson is their secondary no right. doubt about you it you can throw on them but yeah you've got They're to be able to take us. advantage of that i mean yep. that that's the big thing right you have to take advantage of that and if you're just going to throw you know, swing routes and bubbles and all of that, you're not taking advantage of that. And Wake Forest, man, they were not afraid to push the ball down the field and they were rewarded because of it. It was either pass interference or a completed pass, right? Yeah. Guess what? We can, you know, Notre Dame can do that too. I almost, I almost used the W word. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Notre Dame can do that too, and they need to. So you're right on, Derek.
1: Hey, well, thanks guys. Appreciate you uh, stopping by. Uh, And again, of course, IB Countdown to kick off is Saturday morning at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, so Vince and I will be here with that as uh, we get all the nuts and bolts and get ready for Notre Dame and BYU Saturday night.
4: I'll talk to you then.